and we jump right into it, guys. So, without further ado, let's do the damn thing. All right, guys, we are back. This is Optimus Fields at My Living Truth, and we are at block height 722,560. And the current price per Bitcoin is $44,315, which averages out to about 2,257 sats per dollar. So, guys, you better be stacking. We got cheap sats right now. And you guys need to be stacking them sats. Of course, tonight's episode is brought to you by Simply Bitcoin. Simply the best daily Bitcoin-only news content on YouTube. And in my opinion, if you're not watching Simply Bitcoin, you're simply not going to make it. Go watch them. Go subscribe to their YouTube channel. Go follow them on Twitter. Go follow their personal Twitters because they only give signal, boys. And guys... To, to the OG Bitcoin kindergarten crew that came out last week to our Discord, I want to say I love you guys. I appreciate it. I, I love the fact that we created our own little cult over here. So kudos to everyone that showed up in the Discord. You guys you guys put a pretty, pretty big smile on my face, even though I wasn't there. It, it's hype to know that we're doing, doing shit that you guys want and appreciate and, and want us to keep coming out. So shout out to you guys. Uh, I fucking love you. This is, like I always say, this is for you guys, and and we do this for the culture, boys. So we'll be here every week and less noticed. All right, guys. Enough of the PSAs. Let's get right into it. So I I asked these guys, I asked this council of Ephesian, Black Bull, Friar Michael, and Spente to come on today because uh, personally, I've, I've noticed that... In a weird roundabout way, Bitcoin has made me more comfortable with my religious and spiritual views. And, and we'll get into if there is a difference or not in, in the future, I, I suspect. But I wanted to have this conversation because I, I find it interesting that I'm not the only one that, that has had this kind of uh, experience, for, for lack of better words. It's like the, the hero's journey. It, it's a a weird form of enlightenment if we can go so far. So I I couldn't really explain it before Bitcoin. I I wouldn't say I was embarrassed with my spiritual religious views. I just felt like an outlier. I felt like most smart people, quote unquote, uh, would make fun of you and, and say that, uh, you know, if you're smart, you shouldn't believe in God because, you know, there's no evidence and all this stuff. But that fundamentally got uh, flipped on its head when I became a Bitcoiner and I and I started meeting you guys. And in my opinion, Bitcoiners, not in every space, of course, but as a whole, Bitcoiners have been the smartest people that I've ever come across. And I find it very interesting that such smart people can also be adamantly religious. And And like I said a couple minutes ago, it's made me okay with with how i view the world and and furthermore made me lean into it I, there's one there was one quote that ephesians said a while back and uh it, it's when we did the mimetic warfare and he said something on the lines of your enemies hate jesus and therefore you should use him as a shield and stand behind him and and let them come after you and and you already know what side of the battle you've picked so i, I that that little quote just stuck with me because 
you know me, I like to troll. I like to get under people's skin, but I also am one to seek truth. So, hey, if I am wrong, I would love to be proven right. But there's just something about this that, that you will never know until until that final moment after death. So this is just all a part of the hero's journey. And I just wanted to give that context up because, guys, I don't know about you, but we are all on this journey in different areas. So maybe this will help you. Maybe you're more ahead of the game than I am. Maybe you're a little behind. Either way, you know, we're, we're all walking each other home. And this is just part of the journey and, and trying to learn what's truth and, and where we are. So I hope you guys got some of that from the rambles. Uh, I'm going to start with Ephesians just because I, I love his, uh, his Bitcoin Christianity story. So Ephesians, do you want to jump in first and then, and then we'll do a little TLDR from the rest of the council and then we'll just jump right in. You know, I, I, I'd love to, but can I actually pass it off to you? I'm just finishing cooking a steak. I need like three or four <laughs> No, no worries. Uh, Black or Spinte, Fryer Michael, why don't you just jump in? Well, I'll jump in there because uh, something you're talking about, how Bitcoin has brought you, uh, has enabled you to kind of pursue faith and kind of see more of a truth in that area of your life. And I see that as perfectly natural. It's a Because what Bitcoin does, we always say orange pill. Right. It's the orange pill thing. So you've been orange pill. I'm going to try to orange pill somebody. What orange pills, what we're doing there is we're helping, we're lifting the veil. We're helping people confront uh, a mistruth that they've been encountered with and ingrained in, in them their whole life. And so as you get into Bitcoin and you research Bitcoin and all the, this, the lies and deception Satan surrounds us with, as that shattered, it starts to get you more comfortable with confronting the deception and his deception all throughout your life. And so when you start doing that, that natural process of, of just making it a habit, something you're just doing, you're comfortable with it, that's what's bringing you closer to, as you said, spirituality, but uh, and then eventually Christianity, the, the, the ultimate truth. Beautiful. Uh, Spente, Friar Mike. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Spente, Bitcoin Friar helps Mike. us a lot. First of all, it gives yeah, us time yeah, to, to enjoy life and to study and to think. And I also believe that Bitcoiners, we are truth seekers because we reach this understanding of Bitcoin by wanting to get to the bottom of things. So naturally, truth seekers seek further, more truth, like spiritual truth and truth in other domains so that ultimately leads to Jesus and Friar Michael last one nice nice thanks appreciate it thanks Ephesians for giving me insights thanks appreciate it Friar for giving me Christians and when I when I kind of became a big I believe that kind of my understanding of Bitcoin and my understanding of Christianity, Bitcoin just made sense immediately. The community around Bitcoin, the Bitcoin community of Bitcoiners, and so Bitcoin to 
me is honest money that's based on truth. And so for me, it was just like a home run. So I think naturally, and so for me, that's just ideology are attracted to Bitcoin. And so kind of vice versa, I see like kind of both of those things sort of coming together. When because people who are honest with themselves, they're open-minded. Because even if there is dogma, like they're open-minded, but they're open-minded to truth. And so that's like a little bit of why I think a lot of Bitcoiners kind of go on the spiritual. That's like they're naturally attracted to it. So, but yeah, that's a little bit about my background. Attracted to it. But yeah, awesome guys. And I think before we go, oh wait, Ephesians. Did you cook that steak? And I think before we go, oh wait, Ephesians. Did you cook that steak? I think before we go, oh wait, Ephesians. I never really into religion at all. I guess when the whole like Jordan Peterson saga started happening, I started listening to him. I guess when the whole just got really like interested in this idea that he kind of talked about that. I guess when Jesus just got a represented this idea of like the ultimate human principle is to tell the truth even when and especially if it's dangerous is that tell if societies in one and if there are if there's a society where people do not tell the truth when it's dangerous they end up in these just like hellish societies like North Korea or Nazi Germany or whatever and societies in which people tell the truth even when it's dangerous are societies that are like societies in which people prosperous good societies and I just started going out of that like for a long time I think I kind of had and I just started going oh like the Bible is super based but it's just like a collection of allegories and stories that are not literally true but they're super profound I think just the more that I've gone down the rabbit hole kind of the conclusion that the simpler explanation is actually just that it's literally true like I I don't think it's likely that these stories came together in such a perfect way and that these people who put the Bible together were just like so profoundly based that they like put these non-true stories together in such a way that was so profound like I think that I think that these stories are actually literally true and I think that every single word in the Bible is true and that doesn't mean that it's literally true in the exact way that you may interpret it but I do think that every single word in the Bible is true I believe that Jesus is the son of God you know I, I, I believe in all that stuff Optimus can I chime in here yeah shoot it Jim yeah so um, I, uh, I had some struggles earlier in my life and um, I decided to look uh, back into the faith I was raised in, which happened to be a form of Christianity called uh, Methodist. And um, I had never given the Bible a really close look. So I made the decision, you know, how can you decide on something if you don't even know what it says? So you better read it. So I spent better part of a year reading the whole Bible. And I couldn't really grasp most of it, but I felt compelled to move closer to God. So in 1997, I got on my knees, gave my life to the Lord, and uh, it was challenging. It was a hard decision to make. But I can say, after all those years of walking with him, that uh, he's been there when I needed him. And even though my faith wavered plenty of times, uh, I, I can't help but think that um, this whole existence that's been created uh, was well thought out. This was not just haphazard. And uh, that to me speaks of a, of a God who, who created everything and wanted us to, 
to um, to have it, to enjoy it, but also to know him. I think he's given us enough information that if we move towards him, he will let us know who he is and what he wants from us. So um, not many people, I don't, I don't speak much about this because I'm always talking about Bitcoin all the time, but after having accepted Jesus and recognizing the truth that he wanted to bring to the world, I had to realize that if I'm going to walk with him, I can't be screwing people over. Um, I work in, a, in an area where my customers don't see me working. I could cut corners every day. Uh, and they would never know. And I, I couldn't live with myself. I, I made a decision a long time ago that I'm going to be an honorable person. I'm going to honor my word and my contracts, and I'm going to follow through, even if I have to lose money, <clears throat> because my word is way more important, just like Jesus's word. So I'm doing my best as a fallible human here on this crazy planet. But I believe that the truth of Bitcoin needs to be known. Uh, I think it's equally important that people seek God and find his truth uh, as best you can. I think his guidance and walking with him is a, is a better way than trying to do it on your own. I, I, I think of it this way. I think somebody else may have said this to me, but uh, if you want to, if you want to be the driver in your life, let Jesus sit in the back seat. Good luck. But if you let him drive and just, just follow him, he's going to take you where you need to go. So uh, I, I said, you know, let, let you, I'm going to let you take the wheel I'm going to trust you're going to get me where I need to go. So that's my story. Beautiful, that's Jim. Awesome story. You mind if I jump in real quick? I want to expound on something Jim said there. Uh, yeah, nice. yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay. Yeah, you know, I made a statement a while back, and, uh, and I meant it, and it's true. And I said Christians are the most dangerous people, and they are because they're God's people. But uh, one, of the, one of the things Jim talked about, and it kind of highlights the type of people that God has chosen and made and brings in. I don't know where that noise is coming from. That's but, Hobo. Uh, He's every week has to do that. <laughs> okay, I was wondering. Because um, like Jim's talking about his story, and so many of the, the best, most amazing Christians I know overcame so much hardship and difficulty and made that choice to become, to submit themselves to the Lord. Jesus Christ. And uh, I mean, I'm talking about people who've been through things you couldn't even imagine. And the Lord has a way of healing them. And because of what they went through and then were healed, they're the strongest people that you'll ever meet. I mean, Jim has his amazing story. I know I have mine. I shared it in a podcast with Saint. Uh, gosh, I don't know how long it's been now, three or four years ago, that uh, I, I lost my way for a while. And, and I like to highlight that because I want anyone to know that um, – no matter where you are in your journey, you're, you're only a step away from reconnecting with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's, there's nothing that you can be doing or be experiencing that can prevent you from still taking that step and, be, and finding your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And for me, I went through all upper academia, went, got my Juris Doctorate, whatever. And I really, I, I also was brought up a Methodist like Jim. And uh, I lost my way to the point where, I told I told Saint a while back that I, I was an atheist, and he said, well, that's not true. You just lost your way for a bit. Okay. But the point was is I really lost my conviction and my faith. And uh, the weird – there's two things that brought me back, um, thank God, and that was, one, I got really sick to where, I, you know, I, I wasn't sure I was going to make it. I was dizzy and, and had sight issues and all types of things. Doctors couldn't figure out whatever. 
and I bounced back from that, but it was a, it was a long, long journey. I was basically, uh, couldn't do anything for, for a while. And then I moved for business, um, to Vegas and I met my wife. And so those two things, and my wife is just the most amazing Christian and, and her whole family. Now my family are just amazing Christians. And, um, that brought me back to my faith. And now my wife jokes about how, you know, now I'm the, I'm the, the most, uh, I don't know, uh, talkative Christian of them all, I guess you could say. But, uh, but those two things really brought me back and it was a hardship. And then other Christians, which is the highlight and kind of the fact that the reason why we're here as Christians is to spread the word. That's why we're here. That's why I took this tonight. Everybody here is busy. Everybody here has lots of things to do. But we're here to talk about Jesus so we can spread the word because there's nothing more important in our lives than to do that. Beautiful, Black. I, I love I love that preface because like I I will be the first one to admit that I am by no means a good Christian, let alone even uh model myself as that. I, I I'm just a seeker and something has been calling me to seek more and and that's the voice that i followed and you know it, it's hard to explain so black i i really i really loved your uh your addition and, and we got a really we got a funny funny message in youtube uh bear bear with me guys so this comes from sister maria she goes brothers and sisters recall that the devil tries to hush the sound of freedom and sovereignty the devil was in your feed trying to stop satoshi's word from spreading to the good people and then there's another co co comment. He goes, Holy Book of Satoshi, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. For he that cometh to the Lord must believe in his proof of work, and they will be rewarded those that diligently seek him. Praise be. Great trolls. <laughs> great, great memes in the comment. Keep them coming. Man. Nice. Um, well, we, you, we brought up a lot already. Um, but maybe... Let's uh, let's try to connect the two. So how does, in your opinion, again, Bitcoin and Christianity have have such a, a unique connection? And, and Spente, you you brought up the idea on voluntarianism. So do you you want to jump off that point? Yeah, yeah, but I could also say that Bitcoin changes our time frame. So many Bitcoiners think in de decades or generations, and Christians they they think in eternity. So that's one common common thing that changes both uh, Bitcoiners and um, Christians in the way they behave. And about voluntarism. Voluntarism is the voluntary interactions between the members of society. So if you do something for someone, even even if it's a good or bad thing, it doesn't matter. You you kind of need to ask for permission. It's, it's also anarcho-capitalism and um, consensualism is also called. So the idea that coercion is bad and it's evil uh so th that that's the, the 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 truth coercion is evil so if you look at the fiat system the fiat money system is based on extortion and theft and that's extremely evil uh, it's an extremely evil foundation and we see that in even in in the bible we can see in many instances that God wants us to have a voluntary relationship with him. He doesn't 
you know, he's not forcing us to believe in him or to seek him or to love him. So this is uh, is the uh, exactly opposite. You know, the Bitcoin is voluntary, just like Christianity and your relationship with God is voluntary and everything else, you know, the fiat system and even our, uh, you know, the whole government system, it's all basically it's evil in, at, at the root. I would say it that God is a gentleman and he will not force himself into your life, but he will always welcome you into his, um, you know, to, to expound on what you were just saying. Yeah. Well, if we're making a connection between Bitcoin and, uh, and the Lord, Christianity, I think it's pretty easy. Um, Bitcoin basically empowers uh, the dark forces and their minions of men to infringe upon the natural liberties that God gave to every single individual on this planet. And, you know, we always talk about inflation, confiscation, censorship, things like that. And it enables this whole money machine. We always talk about Bitcoin fixes this. And the reason is, is because the root of a lot of this evil that men are waging against God's children is inflation and the money specifically the fact that we have this money that enables uh all these evil devices to to prosper in the world yeah i i think you'd have to be asleep to not have the connection and the idea that fiat is inherently evil and probably a trapping of the devil himself (laughs) at least in my opinion I mean, just look, when did Jesus lose his cool? I mean, we all know that story outside the temple. And, you know, it's it's very um, analogous to what Bitcoin is essentially trying to do. And I maintain, I still believe, you know, we talk about who's Satoshi, who's Satoshi. You know, and I, I don't, I can't specifically pinpoint the man or group of men or women, uh, ladies, <laughs> that, that created Bitcoin. But what I can tell you is that God created Bitcoin through one of his vessels in this world. I was just about to ask you guys whether you believe Bitcoin is divine or, or what, what do other Bitcoiners say was Bitcoin discovered or created and black, you, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, how about Ephesians, Svente, Fryer? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, de- I definitely, I'm not sure that- I'm not sure exactly where I stand on like who Satoshi is or whether Satoshi is like literally like the Holy Spirit. But what I do think is whoever Satoshi was, was absolutely like inspired by the Holy Spirit, whether or not that person even was a Christian. Um, you know, I think that Bitcoin is so obviously in line with natural law. And as a Christian, obviously I would argue that natural law is God's law. Um, and I think that, Regardless of the specifics, and I'd be lying if I claimed to know what the specifics are, um, it, it's very obvious to me that, that, that Bitcoin is in line with, with, with the natural law, which, again, you know, from my perspective, is God's law. Yes, I also think that Bitcoin was inspired uh, by God, not, you know, not created directly, but... Maybe the person of the group of people that created Bitcoin were were inspired by the Holy Spirit to to create it, and the whole creation and 
everything that Bitcoin is, it's so perfect and perfectly put that even if any other thing about Bitcoin story were was different, it, it could have failed. So if Satoshi wouldn't uh, go away, Bitcoin could have failed. If Bitcoin had uh, different parameters, Bitcoin could have failed. So it's almost perfectly put together. Like it's it's almost impossible to to think that someone just concocted this whole new system that we didn't even thought that could be possible. The stone cut without hands. What was that? The stone cut without hands. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Max Payne, do you have a question or a comment? Yeah, I on the whether or not Bitcoin is divine topic, uh, or or inspired by inspired by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, there are some interesting facts as to like the beginning of Bitcoin. Everyone knows there is a block called the Genesis block, and um, you know a lot of people, maybe not as many, know that those initial fifty coins are not spendable. But uh, it started on January 1st or January 3rd, 2009, right? So if you take Genesis 1, 3, that is the verse in which God said, let there be light. And it's, it's, it's the actual verse where, because initially it's like there's darkness and, you know, uh, something about the waters over the deep. And then God said, let there be light. You know, whether you believe that's the same thing as a big bang, cosmic expansion, whatever, that's a conversation. Um, but like that was the point at which like let there be Bitcoin. Right. And then fewer people know that there were I believe it was it was like five or six days until the next block after the Genesis block, the first block in which there are coins that are technically movable. Um, so it, it kind of follows the line of the creation story. That's hundred percent true. My buddy on Twitter, Tim, if you all know him, I wish he was in here. He points that out. He has a copy of that, the slide. I, I see if I can find it and I'll uh, send it over to you. If you can find it, you could put it in the nest and I can put it on the show, but Max Payne, um, I, I wish there was like a, a mind blown emoji in Twitter because when you said the verse three, let there be light, I was literally sitting over here just like, yo, what the? I, I, I heard some of those other connections before, but the verse one uh, or, or chapter one, verse three, let there be light. That that one that one just got me really hyped. That's that's amazing. Um, standing left ear. Do you have a question or a comment? How? So for everybody not a, uh, not aware, standing left ear is uh, is my boy. He, he goes by Moses on here, uh, and he has he has like a whole theory about uh, basically Bitcoin being specifically uh, talked about in the Bible, uh, specifically in the Book of Daniel and the Book of Revelation. So maybe Moses, you could kind of uh, give a brief overview of of your theory on that. Seiko ya guatate go oena. Thank you. Hello. It's okay. We are uh, all related. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of different things in the Bible, I think, that allude to Bitcoin. <clears throat> the number one thing I think in my mind that's the absolute clearest would be Daniel 2. 
um, the prophecy of the kingdoms of the earth, the falling down of the of the clay of the clay feet mixed, mingled with the iron, um, and the rising of a new empire that is quote unquote the kingdom of God, um, and I think that the importance of the stone being cut without hands and then growing to be a mountain that consumes the whole earth. Uh, those two elements to me are just, it just a direct reference to Bitcoin and the timeline as far as the prophecy is concerned. Um, that's, that's the, that's the oldest reference as far as I've found so far. Um, and then the next one would be, there's a couple references in, in revelations, I believe, um, in specifically revelations two seventeen and revelations three eighteen, um, I think that they pretty explicitly depict Bitcoin. Um, my thesis on Christianity and prophecy in general is not one of theological views. It's more of a, more of a physical fundamentalist view. I believe that everything exists within this paradigm of reality and there's different dimensions that are interconnected with ours that contain different amounts of information and different forms of intelligence. But I think that everything inherently happens according to our laws here in this realm. So I don't think that there's an interjecture or an inter interlay necessarily. I think that everything is like, for example, works through tools like Bitcoin where it's divine inspired, but it, it works through our, our reality structure. Um, so I believe that everything that's written is true in say the Bible. Um, and there's a lot of other old prophetic texts in different cultures, <clears throat> but, but the Bible, I do believe that what's written is true. Um, but that's not to say that it's facts. And I think that the words written in there have deeper meaning than just the literal per se translation. I think a lot of what's being spoken about is in archetypal form. I think the new Testament is a lot of actual literal code, because if you look at how it was written and what it was meant to do in the time it was written, um, the early forms of Christianity were an anarchic revolution. That's really what it was. Um, and it got co-opted by the Roman Catholic Church. Um, well, the Roman the Roman Empire and turned into the Roman Catholic Church. And that ruled Europe for thousand, like 1,500 years solid, at least, um, before it was split off in, in the printing of the King James Bible, really, is what gave power to the Protestant Revolution and, and then the English Empire after that. Um, and so a lot of these... Things were statified per se. The true true teachings of Christ um, were anti-state, op openly, and, and his and his teachings became statified, uh, got co-opted by by the state of the time, and and that still cons consists to this day. If you look at world powers, are highly connected with the Vatican and things like that. They haven't like let go of their power in any way. Um, it's an illusion that they have, and <clears throat> I think that the real. The real meanings, I know some of these guys in this room have heard me go on about this, but I think that the real meanings of the body of Christ and the real teachings were um, connected with psychedelic mushrooms, specifically psilocybin. Um, and if you look at the network effect of psilocybin, the openings of the eyes, it's probably the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that's referred to. Um, and that also ties in with things like the stone ape hypothesis. Um, there's a lot of different connections that I believe, like I said, the Bible to be true. But I think that there's more wisdom hidden in it than just the theological discussion, um, especially when you if you've ever taken mushrooms and, and done doses of them, the teachings of Christ become apparent to you um, and things like prophecy, specifically revelations, 
I'm speaking to an angel in the spirit that's clothed in fine white linen really describes a mushroom trip. Um, and the things spoken of in revelations, as far as the end of the world kind of really match up with what's happened over the last, you know, 1500 to 2000 years is not so much these things that all happen in the course of like a week in the future or something. It seems more like they have been happening. Um, you know, great stars falling from heaven. That definitely has happened. Um, if you look at nuclear bombs being dropped in Japan in the, in the, in the ocean, you know, there's all sorts of things. If you, if you were seeing a vision of the future, how you would depict that and write it down in words that you couldn't necessarily describe the things you were seeing because they didn't exist within your reality structure, beasts and things of scorpions that sting man and all these things, they, they really do exist. They really are happening. I think that there's just a lot of analogs and analogies that couldn't be expressed in the time. And I think that, um, yeah, I think prophecy is very, very accurate. And I think that we can't explain that. It works through space, time, and quantum physics and all sorts of weird shit that we can't really put into words and we don't have the measuring tools for it. But I 100% believe that networks, static networks, somehow form time machines because information can then be transported through time. And I think that that's what mycelium is and DNA is. And I think that Bitcoin is going to become that in the future in some way um and it's i think they all overlap and interconnect but yeah um revelations 217 revelations 318 are uh, to me very explicit about bitcoin and of course like i said daniel too beautiful dude i i really i really liked how you um started and said that Christianity started as an individual individual anarchistic movement and then it got usurped by the state because uh, I don't know about you guys but I've been looking at it on Bitcoin Twitter and I am seeing those exact signs happening right now so uh, not that uh, not that it's gonna actually go that way but I think uh, you know there's a lot of parallels in in that statement and, and furthermore you, you touched on it and I have it over here on my list of things. Um, I don't really want to change too much topic, but uh, I have the question on Christianity and Christianity as an organized religion. So you guys want to uh, maybe put your thoughts on is is there a difference is, you know, is someone that goes to church, quote unquote, holier than someone that is a self-proclaimed Christian that doesn't go to church? Um, these these Definitely are things that- not. I'd agree with you, Jim. Thank you. These are things that, that I've I've uh, wrestled in my head and, and had people debate me on it. Like, you know, self-proclaimed religious people debate me on this. And, uh, you know, of course, Bitcoiners are going to agree with me that uh, obviously not. But, uh, Jim, you want to elaborate a little bit? Well, I was going to I'm going to back it up a little and get a little more cosmic uh, and say that everything that we can perceive uh, can be viewed at the molecular energetic level. Every molecule, the ones we can see and the ones we can't see. And there's an argument to be made that there's this electronic, you know, magnetism, positive, negative charges that are everywhere. There's the yin and yang of our philosophy. There's dark and light. There's so many things that are wrapped up in essentially in energy. Bitcoin is energy. It stands to reason. It aligns right with the whole thing. If it's, if it's meant to, you know, um, and, and, uh, you know, it's possible that, um, 
each one of us is a slightly slightly different tuned uh, ball of energy zipping around the universe uh, on this rock together. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and God wants us to be here because he's, he's creating conditions for us to tune into him, you know, and he's given us a lot of, a lot of signs along the way. And, you know, like, uh, we probably couldn't look upon him if he revealed himself. So, you know, he's there, his energy is there, you know, it's, a I don't know. I, I can think real deep about this stuff once in a while. I'd love, I'd love, love to hear some other people chime in. Yeah, I just wanted to say real quick, um, this is backtracking a little bit, but um, if anyone's heard of the Council of Nicaea, um, at the Council of Nicaea, the so-called Roman Catholic Church um, omitted all direct references to reincarnation that were in the original biblical text, the original scriptures. So there are a few indirect references that still exist like the story of Elijah and Elisha, for instance. But all direct references were omitted at that time. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick was um, the difference between the church and the religion. I think a lot of people equate the two things. The church is a group of people, leaders, who are fallible and human and make mistakes. And some of them make awful mistakes and do evil things. Um, but that is not the religion. So that, you know, you have to separate those two things. They're not the same. Yeah, I think that's an important point. And, uh, you know, that, that this is something that, that Spinte and I have uh, had, had some, some passionate disagreement about over the course of the time that we've known each other. Um, but, you know, I think that a lot of Christians are in the camp that, uh, that it, there's a and I because I don't want to straw man it. I mean, there isn't there there arguments to be made. But you don't have like an organized religious structure that uh, of uh, hey, Anna, could, you, uh, could you mute your mic? Whatever you're doing, but um, you know, th there is a good argument to be made that like if you don't have like an organized religious structure that can kind of uh, like dispel like misinformation for lack of a better term. Uh, that like people will fall away. Uh, and if I may interrupt you, bro, this is this is a really good argument for the case of the mushroom. That this this inherent understanding that comes from eating of the body and drinking of the blood, right? Partaking like there's there, there is a strong correlation behind the mass, the wafer, you know, the cap of the mushroom, the wine, the pharmaca. There's so much that like goes into that. But what you were saying about their organized religion versus just kind of this organic thing. Like when they took the mushroom away and replaced it with the wafer, it needed the structure of the, of the church to hold any merit without that. It was something that, like I said, it would be inherent upon eating of the body that these, these knowings became known to you on a deep spiritual level. Um, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but it just, it seemed to really tie in. No, yeah. Uh, my, my point in a nutshell is just to, you know I, I I tend to lean towards the side that I think that you're on Moses that you know I think uh, as much as I I understand the utility of like having an organized church structure that can be there to kind of like combat heresies and stuff like that that start to form within the church um, I do think that you know I, I, I think that God's laws are universal and that they are you know forever 
And I think that the phenomenon that we all observe here in the Bitcoin space is uh, something that is true, which is that uh, decentralization and like distribution of authority is in line with the natural order. And I think that there's a phenomenon that we all see that there are all of these, you know, regardless of what denomination you are, whether you're, you're, you're Roman Catholic or Orthodox or you know, Methodist or, you know, whatever, right? Like there's all of these different organized church structures that all have different theologies and they all kind of, you know, have you know, different degrees of kind of beef with each other's theology and stuff. And I, I, unless you're of the opinion that, you know, oh, like, well, my specific church is 100% the correct church, uh, which I think is a tough argument to make, to, to make, although I understand that some people do make that argument. Um, you know, I think that I'm much more kind of in line with like the, with how I see the natural order actually manifesting is, you know, I think that people are not, I, I don't think that it's wise for people to delegate the authority of their like religious convictions to these, uh, you know, organized churches. And while I, I understand there's, there's a danger to that, right? Because like people could be led astray and could start like, uh, you know, be, becoming absorbed in heresies and stuff like this because they're not guided but by some kind of essential authority who's super learned on this stuff. Um, I do think on a, on a on a high level and on a societal level, it's uh, discipleship, right? That, that's the way that it, what Jesus said was cast on, uh, cast away your nets and become fishers of men, right? And there was this direct peer, men, like like mentor mentee relationship, right? That was you know forsake your worldly followings and you know, learn, learn these understandings, right? Because they're more important. I think that's an important distinction to make is when we talk about uh, the church and groups of men, you know, groups of men are very dangerous. I uh, should never just follow groups of men, especially those who, who try to uh, represent the word of God because they can do so falsely very easily. However, it's very, very useful, as you were saying, to explain the word of God, to spread the word of God, to help other people find the word of God. And, that's really the proper role of the church and and Jesus' disciples, so to speak. All of us is to help spread the word, to help people understand the word. Um, but at the same time, you, these political bodies, these churches can be co-opted, as we've seen, and they can spread uh, mistruth. And uh, we're seeing that like crazy right now. Just look at the Pope. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can look at the Pope right now. You can look at the church, the history of the church. It's just so easy to use the church to actually spread false doctrine. So, you know, ultimately the responsibility yeah. is on us to explain the word, to introduce the word, and then on the individual to to properly decipher and for himself and understand the word. Absolutely. Without discernment, you've got nothing. I mean, if you just do what you're told because someone told you, you could fall for anything and you're going to fall for a false teacher. Well, so, well, that's why we're here, right? Discernment. Yeah. That's why. That's yeah, and the blind cannot lead the, the blind, right? You can't. <laughs> you can't just be a Christian in name only, and you can't follow someone just based out of um, dogmatism or just what I call following the follower. You know, you're following someone who doesn't even know what they're doing, and you're you're just agreeing with them because they told you to. You're not. And then it becomes. It becomes less about the word in so many Christian discussions and, and more about like what is the theological consensus. And if you speak out of that theological consensus, that's a hard fork that they don't want to acknowledge or, or contend with. And then it becomes, you know, blasphemy or heresy. And then, you know, you get all these denominations 
that really are just fighting over semantics. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of it's ego based too, right? My religion's the best. You're going to hell if you don't believe in my thing. Oh, you think something slightly different? Well, you're going to hell forever, for all eternity. It's it's just so based in ego and ignorance. It's, I mean, I don't know. At this point in my life, I just find it laughable. But, I mean, I can be honest. 20 years ago, I would have been wrapped up in that, very confused. Um, and the only answer is discernment. Medi- through, having a good teacher meditation and mushrooms help too i was just gonna say i wish we could all get together and dose mushrooms that'd be the true that'd be the true uh experience Uh, guys this this is this is a bitcoin uh podcast so i'm going to bring (laughs) this back to bitcoin for a second i don't know if you guys were hearing what i was hearing but I think they were just saying that the difference between Christians and uh, organized Christianity is the same difference between a pleb and a Bitcoin influencer. Uh, I don't know. Rewind the last five, ten minutes and tell me if my ears were clean or not. But uh, I think that's what I heard. If you read between the lines, guys, Max Payne, I see you wanting to talk. You need an indulgence of, oh, I accidentally did the hand, but you need an indulgence of $850 to save your soul. Yeah, you you guys can tithe in our Lightning uh, LNTX bot. Uh, It's on the top right corner. Yeah, tithing is allowed, guys. Um, we, we got some tithing is mandatory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, tithing is mandatory. Um, will it save my soul? Yes, it will. Hard yes. 10% of your sats. (laughs) You have to do a private confession, though. You have to do a private confession once a week. Uh, That's what this is? All the shady stuff you've ever done to the samurai bro so they can potentially use it against you one day. All right, guys. Uh, We got a a question in YouTube. This is a two-parter. So, And uh, this is going back a little bit, a little earlier in the conversation. Uh, this is by Billy Diggs. He goes, I'll, I'll say the the both questions, but uh, maybe you guys want to answer them in part. So Billy goes, would be curious to hear opinions on light occultism. Let there be light is also used within light occultism. So that's the first part. And then the second part of the question is also, if the fallen world is truly under the rule of Gadriel, and the book of Revelation prophesizes the mark of the beast. How does this panel think of the mark of the beast? So the first one uh, on let there be light. What are your thoughts on that and being used in light occultism? You know, I think that if, if I could tackle this one or anybody else is welcome to jump in as well. You know, there are all sorts of non-Christian spiritual beliefs that have some merit to, to some of the points that they make. But I think overall, they're, for lack of a better term, they're, they're, they're satanic. You know, like there is one true God and there is a book that kind of gives you the overall understanding of what the situation is. And then there are a bunch of non-accurate spiritual beliefs that are trying to lead people away. And there are little bits of truth mixed in with I mean, I, I can't think of other than maybe like Scientology, like a fucking popular religion that's out there that has zero percent truth to it. Right. But there is no religion or there no there's no spiritual view other than, you know, 
and I, I understand that there's different sects of Christianity and there's different beliefs and stuff, but you know, the general, um, the general belief that the Holy Bible, you know, the, the old and new Testament are true stories and describe like the one true God and his general uh, plan for us and his, his intent. Um, I do think that that is the correct view. It's not like I'm, I'm not making the argument that that's my preferential view. You know, I'm, I'm making the argument that that's the correct view. And I do think that um, all forms of occultism, uh, you know, regardless of w- which one you're, you're discussing um, are, are fundamentally satanic. You know, it all goes back to like the book of Genesis and, you know, this, the serpent, you know, getting in your ear and saying like, Oh, like, you know, I know better than God. And like, you should listen to me. You don't have to listen to that God guy. Like he gave you all these rules and like, you don't have to follow all of them. You know, you just listen to me. And, you know, uh, I think that that's the same old story that you see time and time again, you know, for the last, uh, to make a Christian fundamentalist joke, 6,000 years of uh, human history, you know? Yo. So one thing I wanted to mention real quick, and, you know, this might be common knowledge, but I feel like it's important to say just in case. You know, occult just means hidden. And they mention specifically light occult. Um, and then there's the dark occult, too. And so there's hidden teachings and practicings in Eastern, Western scripture. Um, light occult would be using hidden knowledge for your own spiritual progression. Um, what I would call oneness with God. Some people might use different terminology. Um, And then dark occultism is really using occult practices for personal gain or power or energy or whatever you, the person wants to get out of it. So I just want to, you know, separate those two. Maybe people already know this, but, um, and then I just, I just wanted to follow up with toxic real quick because you said a few things. I just wanted to like make sure I understood where you're coming from. When you said there's spiritual practices or beliefs that have like partial truth, were you referring to like different religions or were you referring to like the new age type of movement? Maybe both. I'm just kind of curious, like, yeah, I more think specifically all, what you meant. I, I think all of the above. I mean, as a general thing. Uh, I don't think, I mean, just purely on a practical level, right? Like, let's say you are some up and coming cult leader. If your push is, uh, or, or rather, if your shtick is 100% false, no one's going to buy into it, right? Like, the only way that you can get somebody to buy into like a certain spiritual belief system is if there are grains of truth in it. And mm-hmm. I do, think whether you're talking about, uh, whether you're talking about Islam or whether you're talking about Buddhism or, you know, you could go down the whole list of all the different spiritual beliefs and religions and stuff. Um, I think all of them have some degree of truth to them, but only one religion has all of the truth. Yeah, I mean, uh, Christianity is the Bitcoin of religions. Everything else is a scam. I agree I, with that. Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I don't know if you guys um, know, but <laughs> Lucifer means light bringer. So uh, when you say light occultism, do you mean like occultism light, like a like a light soda pop or whatever, like or or like light versus dark? It seemed like you meant light versus dark. Uh, yeah, I think it's light versus dark. Uh, Billy, if you're listening, you can clear it up in the comments. Now, also, like if say light, he was saying light versus dark occultism, but like wouldn't light occultism like if you're using that for like better spiritual growth like isn't that also a personal gain so i guess you, you'd have to specify on personal gain but yeah I, I i don't know about the whole occultism do you mean like gnosticism versus agnosticism 
I am just reading the question, but I, I kind of, I think that's the, I, I'm thinking that's the way he's going. Not necessarily light versus dark occultism, but like, um, like uh, Anar Christ said, uh, occultism as meaning that which is hidden. And Max, like you said, Gnosticism versus, he just said Lucifer. <laughs> Yeah, so like the Gnostics were very much into the hidden teachings of the Bible. So there's the, there's the, and the, another term you can use is esoteric. You know, esoteric is for the few. It means that few people will understand this information. And there's the exoteric. So you could, you could pull apart, you know, all different scriptures. Um, and there's a surface level meaning to it, which, you know, most people can understand. That's for the many, the exoteric. And then there's the deeper meaning that few will understand that's the esoteric. Yeah, I mean, I can't around that, but I do think that there's a general theme with uh, what you might broadly classify as occult beliefs uh, that, you know, it really, like I said, to bring it back to the Genesis story, like it, it is like this serpent in your ear telling you that he knows better than God and that you don't have to listen to him. And if you just, you know, take that fucking apple, then things will be super dope for you. And I, in the short term, he might actually be right, right? Like you could take the apple and it might be delicious, right? Like that's not inconceivable, but on a, on a long enough time horizon, that's really not a winning strategy. You know, the winning strategy is showing love and appreciation for the, you know, the Holy spirit who created all of this around us and who wants what's best for us. And, you know, we should follow his rules and his, his wishes to the best of our ability. You know, and it's not like you have to be some, some, weirdo bible thumper who you know never does anything wrong or whatever to to you know feel that way you know i'm i'm certainly nothing like that um but you know having the general understanding that you know there are rules to the universe and you should try to be in line with them and you should try to be in line with the wishes of the creator is in in my opinion a a humble and correct position to... i i well, think yeah, when you comes can even to... oh, sorry go, go. Ahead. Well, um, I, th- I was just going to say yeah, go ahead. I'll go that, um, <laughs> sorry, we both did the same thing. Um, the serpent story, you know, the serpent in your ear, right? So there's like an esoteric aspect to that, which is body identification. So, you know, by taking the apple, they're identifying with the body, which we are not the body. We are the, the soul created in the image of God. So, the esoteric aspect would be focusing on the soul and the exoteric would be focusing on the body. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I mean, I, I, my position is not that there are no valuable lessons to be learned from occult beliefs. My position is just that, uh, there is only one set of spiritual beliefs, which you could broadly classify as Christianity that are correct in aggregate. I um, just want to say something real quick. I, I treat um, my uh, beliefs in Christianity the same way I do my Bitcoin maximalism, which is I like to have a maximum level of toxicity. And uh, the reason why I say that is because uh, weak belief systems don't actually do anything and change anything. And so that's why I think like dogma and, um, you know, like like everybody can understand in this room the dogma behind Bitcoin maximalism because it's based on kind of a foundation of truth, you know, and proof of work 
understanding the principles behind why uh, there's a limited supply, et cetera, et cetera. And so when I look at any kind of interpretation or, or, or it doesn't matter what it is, I always think of first thing, what's the most simplest uh, interpretation of that, that just makes the most sense and the most truth. And so this way, when, I don't know, I mean, you know, my children or, or, or the average layman person, when I have to explain the story to them, it's very easy and kind of palatable. And, and the, the reason why I look at it kind of this way is that the whole purpose of instruction is so that you can teach other people how to be righteous, how to be in a, a person who's uh, accountable for their own life. And so naturally, like you don't get Bitcoin without uh, proof of work. You have to either mine Bitcoin by staking up real life resources and energy, or you have to buy Bitcoin with real cash money. And so in the same way, it's like you you actually have to do the work to prove that you're a person that's uh, worthy of being listened to. And the ideas that you have, all of the things, all of the beliefs that you have actually need to be applied into the real world. And so I there's there's huge value in prophecy and esoteric knowledge, all this kind of stuff. But for me, I like to go with what's the most simplest truth. Why? Because I want everybody to, to kind of have their life changed by very simple truths. I mean, that for me, like when when people ask me why I believe in God, I say God is real and he's very based. That's the simple thing that I say, because God is both real and based. God is about truth. He's sensible. He's practical. And there's like a new breed of of Christians who have all sorts of dogmas, all sorts of different beliefs, but their raw desire is to have good households, to uh, live their life based on truth, a strong infinite, uh, emphasis on the family, and uh, going back to our heritage and our roots. And the, the societies that came before us, they naturally had all those things because they were agrarian. They could just go outside and, you know, on an average day, most of them were farmers. They would interact with the actual universe. Now that we live in this like fiat system that uh, so much of our lifestyles are subsidized by other people's labor, that we actually are disconnected from the truth, the proof of work of life. And, um, you know, what, what the, the result of that, which is caused by the fiat system, is that we're actually coming into contact with the, the results of living outside of a proof of work system, which is, is it's basically collapsing the, 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 the society, which is why all these ideologies that are around where people are like trying to get equity and inclusion and all this stuff is because they've been taught that they can get things without proof of work. So sorry to go on a ramp, but like, I think it's it's part of the reason why so many Bitcoiners and Bitcoin maximalists um, are drawn towards religion is because uh, it just makes sense. Yeah, well, and, and I think, uh, sorry, <laughs> I think an important part of that when we're talking about, uh, we're talking about cultists, they were talking about different types of Christians and all that, which I was talking about earlier, is that Satan, one of his best tools is to cloak himself in the church or in faux Christianity and try to influence Christians, right? So it, I don't care what you call yourself, uh, cultist, light, dark, I don't know, gray, but you either believe Jesus Christ is Lord, you accept him as your Savior, and you follow him as closely as possible, or you're not in the book of life, and you're being thrown into the lake of fire. I mean, yeah, it may sound toxic, but it's true. I don't make the rules like someone else said. So I, I just wanted to point that out. Yo, like I was saying earlier, like 
Satan, Lucifer, he's the light bringer, right? But it's a false light. And, you know, a lot of people don't know this, uh, but Marx, um, he may not have been the originator of socialism. Uh, he had a certain breed of socialism. You know, uh, you could arguably call him a cult leader. Um, but he was the or at least one of the originators of modern materialism. Materialism is it's it's a godless it's a godlessness right it's a it's a full a hard cold universe right an unforgiving universe right and a lot of that like that that sets the stage for the equity the inclusion the you know the hating you know hating all of the 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 patriarchal structures you know, it, it, it seeds a ground for, for envy and resentment. Um, and it, it's a false light that it, it allows it to grow because if you take God out of things, then, then you can have other uh, ideologies uh, fill that void. Um, and like, like Ephesians was saying, like there are, there are you know, if you're, if you're an up and coming call leader, like you got to throw some truth into that. Like, oh, you got to take some of these problems and be like, oh yeah, these things are problems. You know, like, um, I think it was Hoppe, Hans Hermann Hoppe that said, um, you know, like there are some things that the Marxists get right. Uh, they just, they totally misdiagnose where the problem is coming from. And then, so they spiral off into this, uh, into this other, this other place. And they, they fill their void with a whole bunch of other, uh, a whole bunch of other fallacies uh, because they, they don't have a solid grounding. You got that right. I wanted to say something real quick about Marx, um, the person. So just a little background on him. Maybe some people already know this, but he was so bad with money that at one point in time, he was the only family member in his household that was able to own pants. Because he didn't really work. He did a little bit of writing and stuff like that. So he never made any real money. But what money he did make, he was so bad with it, he would always have to like sell his belongings. Um, also, on the side note, he didn't bathe. He was like kind of a disgusting person. And um, when he was like studying about exploitation and stuff like that, one of his friends was actually a factory owner. And his friend said, like, hey, you know, you're all interested in writing about this and exploitation and everything. Like, why don't you come check out my factory, see what it's all about firsthand. That'll really help you with your writing. And Marx was like, no, I don't need to check it out. I'm just going to keep writing about it. So he didn't do the work. He was just a bitter, resentful person who was bad with money, kind of a disgusting person in general. I'm not saying that bad hygiene makes you into a, a, a sick-minded person, but it definitely doesn't help. So just Marx in general, you know, he really misses the mark. And I think communism and Marxism is all based on resentment. It's the story of Cain and Abel. So when you have a problem with your life, you could go and be resentful towards God or you could resent successful people and you can blame everybody else. But, you know, when Cain went to God and, and basically complained, like, what's wrong with the world that you created? God said, how dare you let sin into your household? And then you blame me. It's a lack of responsibility, personal responsibility, blaming yeah. others for your own sins. You know, Marxism's ultimate aim is to replace God as the authority over man with men, you know, a group of men, the state. 
Um, I, uh, I actually got the Gulag Archipelago, the, the set from my dad for Christmas. And I'm going to butcher the, the author's name. And my family's going to kill his, my, my whole wife's family speaks fluent Russian. But Solzhenitsyn, who was in the Gulags, who experienced the horrors. And he, I remember a quote. He said, if he could sum up all his many words into one phrase as to what happened uh, to them, you know, the society he was living in, he said that they forgot God. Yeah, because when you create that vacuum, it has to be filled by something. And it was filled by false gods, false religions, you know, this um, false belief in communism as some sort of savior. And we all know, you know, how murderous and awful it was. You know, it's interesting because communism mentions it talks about the new man we're going to remake man and then fascism or at least not nazism national socialism in the in the you know nazi german sense uh they talked about the ubermensch which is superman in german uh and you know for how supposedly far away they are from each other um and i understand that in the marxist soviet kind of or or maoist um kind of recollection of of socialism or marxism it's uh, or lenin leninism uh, it's more of a like everyone's equal and there's, you know, and then in the not, national socialism, Nazism, there's uh, hierarchies. Um, it, it still kind of has so much similarity. Uh, and and it's, it's funny because they all want to deny how similar they are. <laughs> yeah. And They're very note- close. And, and Marxism too, you know, like resentment is the story of Satan and the fallen angels that like, you know, they were up in heaven and they were, you know, in this place where they were with God and they were like, nah, we can do it better. And they fell from his grace because they, you know, they, they feel that they know better. And, uh, you know, they were resentful, they were resentful of the, you know, the power that God has over the universe and they wanted to kind of seize that power for themselves. But that never actually wins, you know, like there is universal truth and, you know, you, you, you can either accept it or reject it. Like those are your only two options. And if you reject it, then you have the spirit of Satan. Satan is fiat light. He may be, Lucifer may be the light bringer, but God is the one who said, let there be light. So you are, he is LARPing as a light bringer. And he is jealous that God brought the light. I want to, I, I love the Bitcoin frame. Dr. Greg, jump in. Well, I was just, I, I don't want to switch it too much. I just, uh, Friar Michael had something awesome to say that I wanted to hit on just on the relationship between Bitcoin maximalism and Christianity and just to spur everyone on in here to toxic Christianity, the, the, the claims of Christianity are absolutely exclusive. Like when we look at Orthodox Christianity, there is no room for other worldviews and philosophies in it which is super harsh towards the pluralism and relativism that we see in our world. And it's super relative to like what we see going on with altcoins. But the beauty of this is like, when we look in Daniel, we see Jesus is ascends to his throne and he's crowned as King. I think a lot of like modern Christianity waters down the absolute like dominion that we give jesus as king ruling and reigning now first corinthians 15 25 talks about jesus reigning uh, and then comes the end where he's all his enemies are defeated the same thing happens in the psalms um jesus has said he's sitting on his uh, um, seated on his throne ruling and reigning over the earth 
And that is like crazy. Um, so many people miss the dominion and the kingdom that Jesus has over this world. And it's so similar to, uh, to what we see in Bitcoin. And it's, it's super comp it's, it's comforting because we don't have to uh, water down our theology with any of these other philosophies or worldviews um, just because of the objectivity of God's world. The reason theft is wrong and why Marx uh, Marxism is wrong isn't just because like, oh, it doesn't really work out that way in the world. It's because we live in God's world and those things are not true because God has said they're not true. So it's, it's really, that's my two cents. Of, I'll leave it at that. That's a great point because our rights come from God. They're not granted by men. So no group, no individual or group of people calling themselves government or anything else have the right or the authority to grant rights or take them away. Uh, they are all of our birthright granted to us by God. Great points. Um, you know, I think Marxism and communism um one of, the, one of the things that I think why communism is so evil is because it's a direct attack on people's free will, which the only way that you can actually achieve the goals of communism is to take away people's free will and people's ultimate choice to choose their own, their own kind of lifestyle to turn to God. That is like uh, an ultimate privilege that we have. That's why you have all this kind of like metaverse stuff kind of coming in so that you can – the only way you can satisfy the soul – well, you can't satisfy the soul, but the only way you can satisfy the body, I guess, and, and the mind is you have to create this false existence. And then they'll have to go even further on that and give you medication and, you know, antidepressants, et cetera, et cetera, all to try to uh, silence the human spirit that wants to be free, that wants to have its own individual agency. Even people who, who um, you know, espouse these ideas, they know. They know that that you have to live in um, you have to live in reality, and Marxism is not in reality. Like it's just you. The only way you can exist in that system is you have to take the labor of someone else, and so uh, Marxism, leftism will never be aligned with uh, what Bitcoin is, the proof of work kind of mechanism. It, it'll never be compatible, no matter how many people want to say that I'm a leftist who's a Bitcoiner, et cetera, et cetera. Those spaces have kind of been around a lot lately, but it's a joke because the only way that, that leftists or communists, whatever you want to call them, can, can achieve is they actually have to steal other people's proof of work. So communism is evil. And they have to use violence to do it. That's what drives me nuts. When people say – Oh, well, it's a nice idea. Like, you know, it just it drives me nuts. These little pansies trying to argue with these socialists and saying, oh, but it's a nice idea, but it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. And it's not a nice idea either because it necessitates violence and force in order to mm -hmm. take all these things from people. Yeah, if someone says, oh, it works on paper, but it doesn't work in reality, that's that's a misnomer. That's like that's a nonsensical statement. If it doesn't it like if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like it can't work on paper. That's that's that doesn't exist. Real and even if it somehow magically worked, it would still be immoral. <laughs> that that's the point. But you know, yeah, is that it's, even it's, if it did work, it necessitates violence and force. That's the point. So it's not mm -hmm. it's not a good idea either. And, you know, the people who say real communism hasn't been tried, what they really mean is that if I were in charge, 
I'd get it done right, which is the most arrogant, ignorant, willfully ignorant thing that anyone could say. Well, if you don't, if there's no, if, if humans, if man is the highest being in the world, because they're, you know, because someone believes there is no God, then they do believe they can do better because they elevate their themselves to the place of God. You know, and I don't even, I don't even really believe them when they say they don't believe in God. I think what they really mean is that they resent God because their life sucks and they wish it was better, but they don't want to actually do anything about it because they well, don't want to also, work. It also has to seekers. do with people in the church, um, you know, like bad experiences. Like I have, I have uh, people, at least one person very close to me uh, that had bad experiences with people in the church, um, had bad experiences in her relationship um, and didn't find support, uh, grew up in a Christian family and maybe didn't have the best upbringing uh, or most positive. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, not everyone separates that. And it, I know we were talking about this earlier. Not everyone separates the, the church or actions of people who profess to be Christians, you know, whether they be Christians or not. Um, you know, they, a lot of people don't separate that from actual truth, like organized religion or people that practice that organized religion from the truth of God. Um, and hundred you know, like percent, man. It, it's not it's not the same thing it's simply not the same thing yeah they're blaming the religion because they had some bad teachers so like i could use an analogy let's just say i studied math all my teachers sucked they gave me all the wrong answers and i kept trying to do math and i kept getting all the wrong answers i'm just like man this math is stupid like this doesn't make any sense but then later years later i go and i find a real teacher they teach me all the right answers and i was like oh i get it now math is for real i just didn't know any better yeah it was probably like common core and long division all right guys i'm going to uh push this conversation in a certain area because max said something that i have on this list over here and uh, i started the show with the idea that maybe uh there's a different there's a difference between spirituality and Christianity. And Max said something that I literally have like verbatim written on my list over here. And you just said a minute ago that essentially on the idea of being Christ-like, um, while a lot of new agers may believe that that is, uh, you know, a goal to attain to, to, to be like Christ. Um, but I have it written over here as a question is being Christ like the devil's trap. And Max Payne said something pretty similar a minute ago where he said uh, a lot of people, you know, when they seek this path, they they have that idea, that meme of be Christ like. And it may be a trap for a lot of people if they can't humble themselves and realize that there is someone above Christ, which would be God and furthermore, Christ himself. And so back to the you know the lucifer story of of lucifer falling from heaven and him thinking that he is the number one angel in heaven and and him you know in his sense being godlike and so what are your guys' view on this it is is my interpretation um a little too new new agey or as christians do you guys agree with that yeah well, it literally well, okay. happens over and over again 
there's Lucifer and his fallen angels in heaven from God. And then you have um, Adam and Eve, right? Uh, and uh, Eve being tempted by Lucifer, by Satan in the serpent form. Uh, and then you have Cain and Abel, and Cain is jealous of his brother Abel. And then from uh, from Abel, well, and then you, okay, fast forward, and then you have Abraham, and then uh, his his son Isaac, and then Jacob. Uh, you have, what, is it Isaac and Esau or Jacob and Esau? No, it's Jacob and Esau. Um, you know, he's jealous. Um, and I believe it's Abraham's wife. Uh, or No, 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 no. It was Jacob's wife or Isaac's wife, right, uh, that told Jacob the more or less like man, like more feminine man than Esau, which was the hunter, the proof of work, right? Um, Jacob, uh, like put, put fur over him to, uh, trick his father, uh, Isaac. And then Esau came back in and granted that it was a really shitty thing for, uh, for Jacob and, uh, and, uh, Isaac's wife to do. Um, but then Esau, you know, he, he got really, uh, he got really, really mad. So, um, you know, perhaps it was a little bit of jealousy on Jacob's part, but then I don't I don't know if you'd say it was envy on Esau's part, although maybe envy after that event happened, but perhaps wrath. Uh, but yeah, th th it's just there's this recurring theme in the first few chapters of Genesis. You know, it's it's it couldn't be more clear. Well, I just want to say uh, there's no one above Christ. You know, Christ is Lord. I just want to clarify that. But yeah. You know, all Black, I'm glad you said that. I know yeah, it's kind of late. But I was gonna. I was trying to say it, but Max, I didn't want to interrupt Max. But Christ yeah. is Lord, and we yeah, are trying to be Trinity. like Christ. There is no hierarchy right. in the Trinity. Yeah. But at the same time, the the view you have of of what Christ like is may be different because maybe it's been taught to you in a way to make you more of uh, less of a rebellious uh, person as you would be if you understood that you know Jesus Christ was the ultimate rebel. Um, he, he's, Jesus Christ is God, and this, this world, if you understand the power that Lucifer has on this world, Jesus Christ, when it comes to this world, is the ultimate rebel. Yes. Um, I wanted to quote John fourteen twelve real quick. Um, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Um, so you mentioned Christ like earlier. I believe that Christ is the example, not the exception. It's a good point. Um, I like what everybody was saying. Uh, one of the things that I think about on quote unquote being Christ like and um, the relationship between that and the reality of your own life. Um, for me, it is understanding uh, what righteousness is. And how righteousness is like acquired and righteousness is just right standing with God, like being clean. And um, in I think people approach like being right with God as in I have to apply my own proof of work um, to to become clean, to become right with God. When the reality is, is that you first need to apply God's righteousness through Jesus, which is. Uh, Jesus went to the cross for, and that, that right there is the, uh, 
punishment. He took the punishment of everyone's sin, essentially. And that was God's kind of own, own proof of work. And so if you, if your righteousness comes from God, as in like that sacrifice and you're relying upon that, then you accept that as God essentially took the penalty of all, of all those things. Then you can be free from the burden of having to create your own version of proof of work, which is living by works. And it doesn't mean that your life won't be transformed, but I believe that that's the first step. And then the second step step is believing that because God accomplished those things that, uh, you know, you just don't act like a normal person, which is where that, uh, that understanding of how, of, of God's righteousness affects your own life. Because, you know, if you really know that you're, um, I don't know, I guess a, a, a son of God, like, that that statement right there was like a controversial statement, you know, in the time of Jesus to say that, like, you know, uh, God's my father. And in a sense, God is my father. And so the point being is that you you first have to understand that it's not by your not not by entirely by your own works, but you actually there's a supernatural act in accepting God's righteousness. And then your own life will be transformed from that. Beautiful. Yeah, Shane, that uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was just going to second that and then make one other reference if that's okay um yeah it's not by our works right it says not by works lest any man should boast right so we're it that becoming a christian becoming righteous becoming justified is a is a totally free gift that we cannot um work for but also in james you know it talks about faith without works is dead so i think that works are certainly something that as christians we should be about doing but not in a way to try to earn it and and our works should be a display of you know saving faith that we have right because we're motivated by knowing god's word and and working that out in our daily life imperfectly right so that's the other thing we, we can never we're never going to be perfect and then one other thing if you don't mind i wanted to read um, john just a first part of that because it is important about what was just said kind of hinting about a hierarchy you know it says in john it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made i won't read the rest of it but that's a description of jesus so you know without a and i say this with all humility without a proper understanding of the trinity i would argue it could be very easy to think that there is some kind of a hierarchy or whatever right but there's god the father god the son god the holy spirit and they all work in unity and and they are one the logos beautiful i i'm i'm open to the correction guys i'm as i said earlier i am not the most well-versed christian i i just uh have been seeking phil you came up did you have a question christopher i see your hand but phil phil was in line before you so i'll get you next if he doesn't have a question yeah what's up guys i wish i joined earlier i don't have anything like really burning but uh tackling the bible just sounds like a, more of a beast than getting into bitcoin for the first time where do you start aside from the beginning but is there any like good content you would recommend that gives a great high level version of like uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Chronologically, you know, the Bible, how to interpret it. Because interpretation is like another weird thing that fucks with me. Because you'll think, you'll hear people say, oh, there's so many versions of the Bible. This one has this land, this one has the other. And then you'll also hear Christianity as a whole is just another story of, um, like, or essentially all religion tells the same story just in a different way kind of thing. And so I think there's something somewhat unique and beautiful about that, but I'm still more like a Christian. Like I grew up spiritual. I went to Catholic school until like fifth grade, just because my parents wanted me to have good education or whatever. But, you know, for somebody getting like back into it or thinking about it, it's just a uh, behemoth of a thing to tackle. So any content creators or recommendations of how to kind of get into this and take it piece by piece, well, I mean the uh, number of common the num- the number of commentaries is I-, I don't even know how many right there's just so many we're all going to have a individual probably opinion <laughs> of not only the version of the Bible that might seem to be the best and, and I think the word you were looking for for was hermeneutics which is you know uh, interpreting the Bible but um. Well, the most important part is to have your heart open and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's just, it's very important before you ever are going to tackle what the, or understand the Word of God is if you're not open and if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to understand it. Um, but then, you, like Shane was saying, you have, to under, you have to find the version that you find to be most true. There's only one true version, and we all just try to seek and find the, the truth the best way we can. I, I personally like the MacArthur Study Bible, but uh, other people may have their own preferences. Um, and I'm willing to, to hear who, uh, what other preferences people have. Can I just make one other comment, maybe for, for clarity? Um, Black, um, you know, you mentioned being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm assuming what you mean by, I mean, every, every Christian that's truly had a conversion, if you will, is filled with the Holy Spirit by definition. So just want to make sure that we're clear well, about that. Well, Shane, but it's it's one thing to say you're a Christian and one thing to actually believe. I said, a, I said a truly converted Christian. You're either, that, you that, either are Christian and or Shane, you're not. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that yeah. there's a lot of people who say they're Christian and they're not. So their heart is really not Christian. They don't truly believe. They don't truly embrace. They don't truly try to follow. So what I mean by that is that your heart's truly open to it, that Jesus is your Lord, and that you're trying to follow Jesus and his teachings as closely as possible. And so if you if you don't do that, it doesn't matter what you read, you'll never understand God's word. And that's my point. Yeah. That's the most important Wouldn't step. that be using the Lord's name in vain? No. But let me – can I mention one other thing? So I think that it is important. It The Bible is very clear about saying that it is spiritually discerned, which – basically is in my opinion not putting words in black's mouth but that's what i would think he's saying which is to say a non-believer can certainly read the bible and they should but of a deeper and fuller understanding the bible is only going to come after one has become a believer because it's spiritually discerned and you don't have a person does not have the holy spirit until they have um you know, come to saving faith 
in Jesus. So that being said, 100% Shane. Plenty of people that have read the Bible, non-believers that, you know, God, Christians, those that are Christians that talk to other people that are not Christians, it, it talks about us being the ones that water, right? We're the ones that water, that, that help something build, and then God is the one that gives the increase. And what that really means, in other words, it's God, Jesus, the one that actually um, brings forth that conversion. So, And I, I will just say one of the – I really like the ESV version. Again, it's totally preference, but the uh, uh, English Standard Version, I, I really like that. You might want to check that out. I would like to add that um... – well, back to the other guy's comment uh, regarding what you should read. I would recommend NLT, New Living Translation, just because um, I've been reading, say, the Bible in Spanish, and it's um, it's called 1960 Reina Valera, and it's a it's a it's a very um, it's a high vocabulary Bible in Spanish. But when I started reading in English, I started reading uh, King James Version. I would say it was very confusing. Then I did NIV, and I would say that one is more easily understandable but nlt just the way that they phrase the the message i would say it's very easily understood by somebody who's um open to listening to the word of god the bible says that faith comes from listening to the word and the word of god so if you're lacking faith um, the first thing that's that that comes to mind is faith comes by listening listening to the word of god and i just want to say that Shane mentioned John 1, and it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, all things were created through Him. Through who? Through the Word. So basically, when we hear the Word of God, that's literally creating our new our new mindset, our new life. Yes. And um, just, that was just a little something. Amen. God's Word is is creative in its power i i would like to just uh, piggyback off off of that of what these two brothers have just mentioned um the same same point basically in the in the beginning of the epistle to romans paul says that um the gospel is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes so so hear the good news of christ that that christ has died christ is risen and christ will come again that that he came for all of us, you know, the son of God, son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Phil, do you have a Bible? Yeah, probably somewhere. But yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, man, it's uh, God's word is powerful. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. So crack it open, start at the beginning of a book and go to the end. I would I'd recommend either starting maybe at the book of Genesis or even where, where Shane was uh, uh, reading from the Gospel of John. That might be a, a great start uh, just to maybe start in the New Testament and then and then start at the beginning after you finish. Yeah, uh, you should definitely uh, read the Bible, but also um, I like Bible Project. If you go on YouTube and search for Bible Project, they have a... Uh, youtube channel with very nice animation and uh, you know the bible stories in a short format they also have an application and they also have bible studies on their web website so that might also help you you know what i think i came across something like that i was talking to my grandfather and 
I forget what it is, but it's the passage where it basically talks about like end times or whatever. Because we were talking about COVID and shit, how how everything was just getting weird. But um, I typed in the whatever book chapter it was into YouTube, and I forget what the name of the podcast was, but it was just like some chick that like read the whole thing, and uh, I'll have to find that. But no, yeah, going straight to the source of like the book will probably help too. If anyone has any recommendations, just like DM me those. Yeah, Phil, can I encourage you as you start? Sounds like you're maybe going to start reading the Bible more. I would just um, recommend or or encourage you to not get discouraged when you don't fully understand everything or when it seems to be that there are paradoxes and those types of things. I mean, keep in mind, again, you know, an infinite God, a, a perfect God, you know, that that's never had a beginning, never will have an end. You know, he's the as it says, the Alpha and the Omega, um, he, he, you know, he's finite or he's infinite and we're finite, which means we're going to be on a journey for the rest of our life to fully understand. But I, I believe with I every ounce, every ounce of my being that that everyone, though, has the capacity to come to uh, saving faith, uh, you know, if if you search and you seek out Jesus, or if you're not sure of where you're at, um, just jump in there. And I, I'm glad that you're even talking about it. Phil, I would, I would love to recommend Proverbs just because the Bible is, it's a huge book, but if you start in Proverbs, it's um, wisdom that you can apply today. So one of the Proverbs verses uh, says, do not forsake wisdom and she will preserve you love her and she will guard you another one says how much better to get wisdom than gold and good judgment than silver and it's just the bible is filled with wisdom and uh, the last verse i wanted to share it was it's basically yeah it says that all hidden treasures in in him lie all hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge colossians 2 3 whenever this maybe three years ago i was praying to god to give me heavenly wisdom, which means spiritual wisdom, which means wisdom that's from above and wisdom from above, meaning truthful things from above, not from the earth, not just things that are just out of this world. So if you start reading Proverbs, uh, definitely recommend starting there. And in Christ, like all wisdom and knowledge, even physics stuff um, is in the Bible, like I took my first physics class last year and I never saw the Bible in a physics perspective to say, but like in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And why did he say, let there be light? He is energy. He's the, he's truth. Like he created everything. Like why would he speak light into existence? It's just, just a random note, but just wanted to say that Proverbs, that's where you should, that's where you should start. Yeah, so I like think that you brought up a good study um, Bible is, will really help you understand, put everything in context really well. So I highly recommend a good study Bible. Hey, Phil, all these guys have great advice. I would just add, and other people alluded to it, um, if your heart is open to wanting to hear from God, it almost won't matter where you start, where you read. Uh, it could just be that you open the middle of the Bible and start reading it. It's exactly where he wants you to be. So 
Just be open. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't get, over, don't, don't get overwhelmed. But I'll, I think I would even get overwhelmed hearing all these great thoughts, and I don't mean that in a negative way at all, because I'm agreeing what yeah. Surfer was just saying. Just jump in and follow up with any of us here. You know, we'd be happy to pray pray you through it. And and uh, you know, it can be a dialogue, just like Logostone was talking. Well, like he was saying, he was praying through it. You can pray through it as well. Oh, you still there? Or oh, maybe you uh, became a listener. Uh, I, I took I took Phil down because some someone's got a question. So okay. Phil, Phil knows I love him. He okay. he's listening. I enjoyed his uh, interview with yeah, Laser it, Huddle it, it, too. Yeah, there's just a lot of okay. a lot of good uh, people communicating up here, and I, I want to keep everyone up here that that is putting input in and, and bring people up to talk. So um, I have Mayor Ed Dantes. Hello. Thanks for having me up. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you. All right, great. Um, saw this space pop up, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is an awesome topic." Um, glad this is happening on Twitter. Um, I just got a question for you know the broader broader group here, and it's kind of um, you know it has to do with Bitcoin and you know our current. I mean, I li- I live in the United States, and the, our current fiat system. You know, I kind of feel like we've been living with within the everything within a bubble with fiat currency ever since we took our currency off the gold peg in 71 and 72. And and my question to the panel is, is do we I mean, I'm in America. I don't know how many Americans are here, but with America as the world reserve currency as as believers, do we have a, I feel we have a moral obligation to kind of cor- correct this wrong because we're, we're kind of like exporting inflation to the third world. And a lot of people in the third world are just getting crushed with the amount of inflation and in- inflation is a silent tax. And it's just, it's so immoral and wrong. So I just want to throw this out there to the group and, and see what you have to say as far as, you know, Bitcoin um, being a way to keep governments um, rain to rein in their budgets and their spending. What, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I'd like to say right away, there's no question that Bitcoiners are in this for the justice that Bitcoin brings to humanity. So to whatever extent you want to uh, take that outward, governments and people that control money need to go and a permissionless, open, uh, borderless digital network needs to be the money for everybody. And humanity on a level playing field and uh it's happening like like look where and look at where it's happening in el salvador first you know in a place where people are uh on average poorer than say here uh and these people are getting it places in africa are getting it um the world is gonna i i honestly i think this is what's gonna save the world i I honestly do if anything's gonna do it it's this form of money that we now get to use and uh you know, I hope this is God's plan because we we need it. <laughs> the world is going to shit otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess Salvador is Roughly. Spanish for the savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, isn't that great? I knew that. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of Lights, and so the more that I've come to understand Bitcoin, I absolutely believe that it is a gift from God, because I think it is a, a force for good. There's no question, as you mentioned, that, that fiat 
all over the world is bad, uh, especially you could argue in the United States. I think you could very easily argue that the U.S. dollar has been weaponized to do all kinds of, and it pains me as an American, as, as someone that wants to think that they're a patriot, it pains me over the last of 11 months to come to that conclusion. And so I think that, I think we are actually doing a very noble thing to help people not only in the United States, but all across the world understand, embrace, and start to acquire Bitcoin. Well, I think well, you I guys it. nailed it because central banking and government is inherently immoral. Well, and it, it doesn't pay me at all because, you know, the, the U.S. dollar is just a private banker note. It, it has no relationship to we the people at all. So it's just uh, an insidious instrument that was introduced and intertwined into our society that needs to be removed. The book by Jimmy Song and others, including... Robert Breedlove, which you would have heard of probably. J.M. Bush is another one that I've uh, gotten connected with, but thank God for Bitcoin. A big portion of the thesis of that book, and I've not even read through it all yet, is exactly what was just said about fiat being immoral. So, yeah. It's based on theft. Yeah, I'm going to agree with what, what everyone's saying. Uh one of the things that attracted attracted me to Bitcoin uh, was the fact that uh, Bitcoin is um, the proof of work mechanism. The transparency is is just very honest. I always feel like I kind of go back to the idea that Bitcoin is honest money. And we were talking earlier about how whether or not if Bitcoin was divinely inspired or what what or not what, whatever. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. But what I do know is that uh, the rules of Bitcoin are more aligned to the actual law of God itself, natural law, than fiat currency. And I mean, fiat currency is just it's it's money that the value is completely made up. Um, it has no real value. In Proverbs twenty twenty three, it talks about how dishonest scales are an abomination to God. And I really think that that does represent what the fiat system is. It's completely dishonest. It has no transparency. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Bitcoin is honest money. And, and I mean, even if Bitcoin is not directly inspired by God or, or, or created by God or whatever you want to say, it is more aligned with what I think God's values are. Well, the Bible is very clear on usury. It's immoral and wrong. I mean, that's what central banking is. It's usury. Charlie, do you have a question? Well, I just want to chime in. Can you guys hear me okay? Got you, bro. Appreciate it. Um, I stumbled on this space. I'm coming in late, so I don't have the full context, but I really love what you're saying. Um, I, I read Proverbs. I, I read the Bible much younger, um, quite a bit, starting to get back into it. And what strikes me as so significant, I've been working on a couple NFT projects, uh, nothing I'm going to mention. It's not launched, things like that, but... When you look at Bitcoin, altcoins, NFTs, all these things, it's amazing to understand that the success of any of them depends on relationships. And when I think about when I saw this space, I, I am a Christian and I love Christ so much. And it's the relationship that makes the difference. 
And what I see, I, I've met so many people, so many great people, the projects that succeed in crypto and the aspects of hard money that are good seem to all fall into, at least to me, and I'm curious what you guys think, seem to fall in, uh, into this category of good relationships. I heard, it's funny you mentioned the, the Bible project. Um, um, I forget the guy's name, but the guy who founded it um, was actually a pastor in the area that I live in. I heard a sermon from him about the word righteousness in the Hebrew, which is Sadiq. All right, this is, I don't, I don't mean to go like academic here, but the point is it means righteousness means rightness in relationship, like rightness in relationship. And when we're able to relate to one another rightly, honestly, soundly in the way that we do commerce, like what you guys were just saying about Proverbs and um, scales and all this stuff, um, it's going to create a precedent, almost a mandatory precedent that rewards righteousness. You know, all the Psalms where the author like David and the other guys who wrote Psalms talk about, they're kind of sweating the way that the unrighteous are prospering. And he, he looks to God and says, like, when is it going to happen when righteousness is rewarded? Well, you look at the structures that reward righteousness, guys, this is, this wave is coming and it's those who are aligned with righteousness. That is to say those who are students, like let's sit down and soak in the wisdom. I'm a student here. Right. And you're just curious what you guys thoughts are on that. Well, there is a right and there is a wrong. I, I think most of the people here probably already know that um, in the outside world, um, you know, people will debate the existence of a, of a objective truth. But you can, you can deny right and wrong, but you cannot escape the consequences of wrong actions. Yep, the Bible talks about knowing the truth and that setting you free. And I think the opposite of that is the fact if you don't discover the truth, then you're not free. So, you know, and I'm not suggesting that in many ways that's not a lifelong journey to grow in more and more truth but um yeah charlie i i i'll let you go spente but i like uh i do like the framing that you use in regards to uh righteousness the rightness in relationships and i would say that bitcoin has fundamentally changed our relationship to money and there's a tweet in the nest saying that, like, you know, the only time and, and Black said it earlier, the only time that Jesus ever freaked out in the Bible was when he freaked out in the temple with the money changers. And then Bitcoin has now fundamentally cast out the, you know, these surfers and the money changers from the temple. So, like, it's changed the relationship to money. And I mean, furthermore, we, we are a Bitcoin only show here, but to your point. Most shit coins, most altcoins are fundamentally still using the fiat relationship to money. There's there's a, you know, pre mines, there's foundations, there's someone at the top that's controlling those um, networks. But Bitcoin is fundamentally different from that because no one controls the network. Uh, Spente, I saw you wanted to talk and our Christ, I saw you wanting to chime in. 
Yeah, I wanted to say that the success of altcoins is based only on their marketing. So they're basically scamming people and they're just like the bankers are printing printing fiat for for themselves. They do whatever they want with that fiat. Uh, the same thing, uh, the altcoiners, they just print altcoins for themselves. So it's just the same system. Hey, and I think speaking of relationships, this is a really helpful juxtaposition. Not only is, uh, you know, with this Bitcoin and Christianity, not only is it great for uh, people who are, are seeking to, uh, to find fellow Bitcoiners and ultimately find Jesus, but the other way works too, that uh, we fellow Christians can help help one another see exactly what what uh, what we are doing that um that bitcoin only is the the ethical uh store of value i just want to chime in on that. what spent was saying because i think it's very important is that relationships are very important for us to connect with one, each, one another and help each other find the truth uh but bitcoin is going to succeed not because of relationships it's going to succeed because it is the truth of money because it's really it is it is the only thing that disempowers the all, all these this financial system, the usurers, usury, and and inf the inflation mechanisms, and all these insidious things, modern uh, monetary theory. Bitcoin is the only instrument we have that disempowers those, and all these other things, like Spente said, it's all just scam, centralized garbage that just perpetuates the current system. That's all it does. Yeah, I just wanted to talk real quick about the story in the temple. You know, like you, you said G that was the only time Jesus freaked out. And it's like, you know, that's what I would refer to as righteous anger. Um, anger isn't, you know, inherently wrong. There is such a thing as righteous anger. And he wasn't happy about the, the um, bankers, the, the, the uh, merchants in the money chambers in God's house, in the temple. He threw them out. He took action and threw them out. He didn't just sit there and pray about it. He didn't um, just quietly like think to himself. He threw them out. And it was only after that he um, basically said what he had to say about the church and the bankers. That was when he was accused. And so he was accused by the church and the bankers. He was sentenced by the state tortured and executed by the police and military. Uh, guys, uh, NR Christ, you, uh, you, you brought up a, an, uh, to something that I've, I've always kind of said to myself, and I'd like to get your guys' opinion on this uh, because this is just kind of like how I grew up uh, understanding this idea. So, you know, like most people would say, an idea or, or a meme of Christ would be to turn the other cheek. And that would mean to basically like turn the other cheek so that he could slap the other side of your face. Like, like you said, uh, you know, pray for it. Like just like take the punishment so, from, from man or what have you. But uh, like you pointed out, you know, like there is a point to righteous anger. And when I always heard the saying, like turn the other cheek, it was always like, don't start the fight. And, and like, don't, you know, like, make sure you're not the one that is starting starting the the problem but it doesn't mean to turn the other cheek and let them slap the other side of your face it's like there there is a point where righteous anger 
is is warranted and and you can you know protect yourself for for yeah, lack of some, to your point some take that and totally become you know pacifist right which is a thing in some circles of christianity and i i agree with you although it could be fairly complicated to talk it all through i certainly don't believe that it means to be a absolute pacifist i think that we have the 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 honor and privilege and responsibility for example to protect our family that's just one example and yeah and like the important thing is that it definitely does not mean that you need to be a doormat to let people abuse you your family or anyone else um you know and like i just want to talk real quick about the difference between force and violence you know, violence is when you act out of aggression towards someone else. So if I walk up and assault someone, that's violence. If I see a woman or a child being assaulted by someone and I use force to stop that from happening, that's not violence. I'm not initiating aggression towards that person. I'm stopping a wrongdoing. And that is the difference between force and violence. Well, resistance to tyranny according to our founding fathers of this country and all of the preachers, well, most of the preachers of the American revolution was that resistance to tyranny is service to God. When you read the declaration of independence, it speaks about a long uh, period of, of, of methodical usurpation in a desire to just bring about a despot regime then it is the responsibility of the Christian to understand that we serve no king but Jesus. We're not like those that crucified Christ saying, we'll, uh, you know, we have no king but Caesar, which is ridiculous. Romans chapter, uh, what is it? Romans chapter 13 was some of the most misquoted and misunderstood scriptures that are out there uh, in relationship to let every, you know, let everybody be subject to the government. It doesn't say that. It says, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. And the higher powers are subjects over souls. The only one who has authority over the soul is Jesus Christ. The banking system that people are talking about as being, well, you know, what's, what type of system have we had? Well, the reality is that probably nobody in this room is old enough to understand that um, you've never had a monetary system based on um proof of work it's completely debt there's nothing righteous about the federal reserve system there never has been it was never intended to be it was intended to um, basically mortgage the country so that uh, all of the money all of the wealth all of the impounded property would be in the hands of the few bitcoin comes along and it's proof of work the bible says if a man doesn't work neither should he eat so money uh, is dead, huh? Fiat, money, fiat currency is dead. It's not just fiat currency. Fiat currency implies that it has the government power. Any government, any money that is strictly based on debt and then is has its value based on force through legal tender laws is a scam. It is a expropriation of the wealth of the individual. It's a tax, pure and simple. Uh, the book Money, the greatest hoax on earth should be standard reading for people. And it's not. Um, Tupper Saucy that wrote Miracle on Main Street. These people came out with books a long time ago. Uh, G.W. Griffith, Creature of Jekyll Island, uh, Andre Iglesian, uh, Thieves in the Temple. 
these this should be common reading for anybody that and, if, and these these were written before bitcoin and i can't think for a minute that most of these people when bitcoin came along wouldn't have said this is an amazing thing i just want to want to add one to your list that i'm just now reading i've never read it before but just in the first chapter i know i'm gonna like it is called the law by frederick bastia he was bastia. a French economist yeah yeah, yeah, it's a good one. These are these are books. When you read Robertson's and some of these people that gave us uh, in the Constitution the issue that uh, no state shall uh, make anything but gold and silver a, a payment of debts, that the Treasury has the right to coin gold and silver. Well, that's proof of work. You would bring the money. You would bring the gold that you dug up out of the ground into the Treasury. They would turn it into a coin. Proved your work for the wealth that you have. What we have now is not a proof of work. It's a proof of debt. It's a, And the Bible says to owe no man nothing but to love one another. The Bible says that the servant is the uh, the borrower is the servant to the lender. The Bible says that it unjust weights is, is, an, is an abomination of the Lord, Proverbs 11.1. 1. And this goes on and on and on. And then it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery, to be equal with God. Why? Because he was God. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. These are just things that should be the common understanding of what it is to serve Christ, where Jesus Christ is our king. The church is, you know, uh, what he has established upon the earth to promote the gospel, which Paul says, First of all, I preached unto you the gospel, that is, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. People say, well, uh, well, what about in Matthew, where it says, um, you know, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, and to God the things that are God's. We don't have anything that belongs to Caesar. Not in America. We don't have a Caesar. And that's, that's the reality. They came along and asked, they asked Peter, does your master pay taxes? And Peter says, oh, yeah. And then a few minutes later, when they're walking into the room, the Bible says, and Jesus prevented him. It says, hey, Peter, to whom do the kings of this world demand tribute? Of their own or of subjects? Oh, well, of the subjects. He goes, well, then the children of the king are free. Nevertheless, that we do not offend them. He sends them out into the river to pull out a fish. He doesn't tell him to take money from Judas Iscariot and hand it over. He said, don't even put any corn on it. Just stick a hook in, pull it out, take a nickel out and give it to them for me and you. He wasn't telling him that we owe taxes. He wasn't telling him that we should be part of the, the Caesar system. He said, let your yay be yay, nay be nay. You said we owe, you go pay it. But in the meantime, let your yay be yay, your nay be nay. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. Jesus Christ is Lord. I am so glad you said that because some people try to use that scripture to mean the opposite. Sure. And you just said it perfectly. Sure. They've always meant it to be the opposite because they're 501c3 tax-exempt corporations. They are creatures of the state themselves. That's the reality. The, Bible, the, 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 the law says that all corporations are creatures of the state. They are presumed in corporate.
incorporated for the benefit of the public. They get their they get their marching orders from their creator, not Jesus. Hey, so why everything has to do with money? That's that's my opinion. <laughs> awesome. Freedom money. Do you have comments, questions? Yeah, man. I mean, Cryptomaniac, that was like an epic that was like epic rant. That was that was phenomenal. And uh I I really I what I really wanted to ask was, you know, have you had the time to write some of that stuff down? I mean, that like seriously, honestly, I mean, I would like to take that. I've been looking for excuses to start talking to my church, start talking to my community, start talking to different religious leaders about Bitcoin and and what it actually means and what it represents. And dude, that was that was fantastic. So, well, I do I do a podcast and not not all that much because I've got family and kids and all this that and the other. But I have written a little bit and I've put stuff out. I used to do live radio years ago and I've interviewed all the people that I've already mentioned. And I've talked Is it just me or is audio? That's what I was going to say. I don't hear him either. Goes back to even Hezekiah when the people came from Babylon and said, "Hey, where's all your? Left when they left. This is a riot. Israel was under tribute to Babylon at the time indirectly. When they left, the prophet walks in and he says, hey, who were those guys? Oh, they came from Babylon. Well, what did you do? I showed them all our money. He goes, you're an idiot. They're going to come back and take it all. Yeah, so I, I missed so some of that. I think maybe, we are maybe you committed cut out a bit. To... But, uh, All right. but yeah, I mean, if, if... Says... no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Was... Your, your, your audio is just cutting in and out. It's hard to, it's hard to follow what you're saying. Sorry. I was ranting. <laughs> yes. The rant's good. It's just the audio quality. It's like your, your Wi-Fi is dropping out or something. Oh, it could be. It could be. Um, yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. I was just looking for, if, if you could point me in the direction of some of, of some of your stuff, I mean, maybe I just need to go through your profile a little bit closer, but that would be fantastic. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, hey Freedom, yeah. I'm curious, uh, if you don't mind me asking, have you, do you sense resistance from people in your church, or are you just looking for the best way to introduce it to them? I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking more just like the best way to start introducing it to them. Um, I, I think that there's a, a great case to be made for Bitcoin being, you know, especially when you can frame it against the current system and, and how just like, just completely ridiculously unethical, you know, the current fiat system is and, and everything that comes along with it, right? I mean, it's not just like the US dollar, it's the whole US dollar system, which includes, you know, all these overinflated assets and all this other like garbage that, that we have to choose for like our investment portfolios. You know, this is the stuff that these, you know, religious leaders like, you know, as you get further up, I mean, they're in control of money. And when they park their money in, in these in these, you know, other assets, you know, they have to realize, like, where, you know, where is that like five percent yield that you're at? Where is that coming from? You know, and, and I guarantee you they're not thinking about it. I mean, who the hell thinks about this kind of stuff? 
So bring it up to your people in relationship to missionaries. Missionaries are on the field right now, having all of their support gobbled up by inflation, whether it's in Lebanon with 100 percent inflation or Zaire or Zimbabwe, a host of African countries, Central American countries. Bring up the idea of Bitcoin and or, you know, just some type of crypto uh, outreach, hopefully Bitcoin, if they got any sense about them. But that why don't we talk to some of our missionaries and possibly uh, contribute to them in Bitcoin? Hell yeah. I, I like that aspect, too. So. So, yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, I've, I've been trying to hunt around a little bit through the industry and or like the available content. And um, I think I follow like Mission Bitcoin podcast, but I hadn't seen any of your stuff. So I, I was this was a great opportunity for me to hear your your point of view. I appreciate it. Well, awesome. I, wish I, I wish I had more stuff out there. I used to have tons of stuff, but life catches up to you. And um, but you know, do a rehearse, do a uh, internet research, a 501c3 in relationship to the local New Testament church, the authority. People go on, oh, the Bible's our final authority. Well, your corporate papers in your church say the Internal Revenue Service is your final authority. Um, your corporate papers say that you're, no, the Bible is not your final authority. And until the Bible is the final authority, a lot of the stuff that you're going to try to convince the people is very difficult because they're double minded. They're serving two masters. They've got a fountain with sweet water and salt water. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of problems that they're that their mindset is not connected to. And, you know, a good economics, biblical economics, not Bible, how to borrow money, but real biblical economics is what's necessary and then a foundational understanding of honest money according to the founders of the u.s constitution because the, it was the bible that gave them the understanding there was no legal tender laws those came later when manipulation was needed so not not all the founding fathers were christians by the way though let's just be honest about that many of them were theists they may still oh, no, have they, gotten they may wait. They may still have gotten good. They may still have read the Bible, but many of them did not fully understand what it was to be a Christian because they no, were theists. But very few of them, outside of maybe Alexander Hamilton, had a very good understanding of the biblical principle of honest money, and and, and that's what I'm. That's that's my main uh, point in relationship to that. That they did not have. They understood debasement. They understood, because that's what the King of England was doing. They understood what the Spanish were doing with their reels. And they understood that this could not be. And that's why counterfeiting was a capital offense. And now, what do we have? The Federal Reserve counterfeits. Yeah, I, I agree with that, by the way. And I, I've, I think I've, technically I've, it was deist. I, I, maybe you said deist, but it sounded like you said theist. I think no, it's technically meant, theist and deist are two different things. I similar. Meant I meant deist. I'm sorry. It's late. I meant deist. <laughs> yeah, no, they were deists. And a lot of them were. And uh, there was some Illuminati Freemason stuff floating around back then, too, with Adam Weisskopf over in Europe that was starting to trickle over here to the United States. But most of that really deeply didn't get entrenched 
And so these guys were just looking at a practical model. Taxes serve a purpose. If they don't serve a purpose, they're there to manipulate. They're there to pay for functions. They're there to pay for defense. But in order to have taxes, you have to have money. In order to have money, you have to have work. And that's where proof of work is so important. You have to have work to have wealth. I'm pretty sure the Mason Illuminati stuff was a little bit more than a trickle. A well, fair number of Adam them were Masons. Adam Weisskopf um, was in Europe in Bavaria in 1776 when he founded what he called the Illuminati at that time. That deepness of the weird, of the really weird, weird stuff hadn't really gotten to the United States yet until Ben Franklin brought some of it back. But the underlying causes of the honest money system was still in these early preachers like Jonathan Edwards and, and, and Mayhew and, and some of these other people that had preached from their pulpits, um, you know, constantly. Um, a lot of the generals, that term, give them Watts boys at, at Lexington and Concord, give them Watts was because the preacher was the commanding officer on the fields of Lexington and Concord and Watts was the hymn book that they were using, but they had run out of, of wadding for their muskets. So he brought the hymn books out and they were tearing out the pages of Isaac Watts's hymns and using it for their muskets. And that's what he kept saying, give them Watts boys. And so you had this inspiration of a spiritual, uh, a, a cause that was a right cause and it brought about an understanding of honest money, which we don't have. Which and isn't it such a shame? And you just said it that we've we've fallen so far from that original idea. <laughs> oh sure, sure. I mean, you go through the the "Give me liberty or give me death" speech was given in a church. How many five hundred one c three churches would do that today? They'd be you afraid know, they'd lose their tax exempt status. We, we have the opportunity to be better than America ever was. Sure. Sure. We do. Because like, you know, and it's used as a, it's used as a cudgel, but you know, like, you know, the whole, like, Oh, they were slavers and like racism and, you know, and like, and you know, the, again, there's going back to like, if you're a, you know, aspiring cult founder um, you know, you have to use elements of truth and definitely there are elements of truth there, but they're used for, um, communist subversion basically Um, but we can we can get back to the positives of america at the time without a lot of the negatives at the same time and have better positives than those positives because again like bitcoin's better than gold um for example Um, so we can be better we can create a better america and a better world than ever was people are more enslaved today than they were when we had slavery in the United States. I mean, if you're going to define slavery as working all day, not able to leave, and you got to give your money to somebody who's not working for it. I mean, let's, yeah, be, let's it's, be it's more like a, like more people are enslaved sure. and maybe they're, maybe they're like less enslaved in some ways, but the enslavement is more broad to the entire society. Well, sure. It is. Here's, here's a, an ironic, I don't know if it's ironic is the right word to use, but I looked at some statistics years ago that let's say a guy owned a, some, some guy owned a slave back in the day. 95% of the work that that slave produced 
went back into his own upkeep. He had a house, not a good house. He had food, not great food. He had medical care, not great medical care. But like 90 to 95% went back into that individual in order to keep him a slave and, and, and whatever. Whereas today, you work all day and you only get to keep about 40%. 40% goes to you. The rest of it is absorbed in inflationary taxes, income taxes, local taxes, sales tax, gas tax, and it's given to people that aren't working for it. In many instances, oh, we got free health care. Oh, great, have free health care. You're going to enslave doctors to make them take care of patients? I don't, I don't understand. Who's going to pay them? Oh, we'll take it from taxes. Really? Who's going to pay the taxes? What are the taxes? It, it's, it's a spiral. It's a spiral. And until you get back to the word of God and find out that God is really into decentralization of everything else except his truth. Ooh, guys, uh, I know I know this could keep going on forever, but in in the. In the, you know, the thought of keeping this a little short for the listeners, I, I saw that Blackpool already pulled off. Uh, I know it's getting late for some of the people on on the panel. So, guys, I'm going to wrap this episode up. I will have the spaces running so you guys can stick around and continue to chat and and talk about stuff. But to everyone that hung out with us on YouTube that gave us comments, we appreciate it. We love you. Keep doing it, man. Come troll us. That's the fun part. To everyone that hung out in Twitter spaces, we love you guys. Continue to join and hang out with us. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time.